Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all lower as we move into the final hour of trading. And this report is brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Stocks are lower, but losses have eased in afternoon trading as a rallying crude took a barrel back to about $48 in New York. Treasuries rose with gold. Tepid earnings raising new doubts about the strength of the American consumer. Case in point, Macy's. Its shares are plunging right now by 16.2%. Macy's coming in well below projection suggesting that cost-cutting efforts aren't moving fast enough to offset shrinking sales. Howard Davidowitz is the chairman of Davidowitz and Associates, and on Bloomberg Radio this morning, he told us that Macy's big problem is that it overexpanded. A number of years ago, Macy's doubled their size and bought the May company. They both did about $16 billion at the time. It was a disastrous decision because they got second-rate stores in second-rate malls. Macy's at the time was number one and number two in every city, and they raced out and bought the, the May company to double their size. When you look back on it, and of course I said it at the time everywhere, uh, it was a disastrous uh, decision. And uh, they did it, and now they're paying a price. And again, Macy's right now down 16.2%. Not just Macy's moving lower today. Kohl's is down 6.4%. J.C. Penney down 7.7%. Nordstrom down 6.4%. The 10-year up 230 seconds yield there, 2.40%. Gold up 570 the ounce to 12.24, up 5 tenths of 1%. And West Texas Intermediate Crude, it is up by 1% now, 47.80 a barrel, very close to 48, higher by 47 cents. Recapping equities lower, S&P down 6, a drop there of 3 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Splash. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Because I'll be gone. Dave Wilson singing a harmony there? It could Sounds be. Like that's perfect. This, this is, um, nice. Wait, Dave, who is this? This is so great. It's uh, the country singer, right? And uh, Yeah, and the other guy. Queen no, Latifah? No, I'm so embarrassed. I can't put it together. I watched a whole special that they did. Alison Krauss, but, um, and the rock star is... Robert Plant. Robert Plant, of course, of course. It's so cool, the stuff that they did together. Absolutely. Sorry. And, uh, that song kind of stuck out. Because I've had too much clam chowder. My brain's just not working. <laughs> it's okay. It's Thank okay you. not Thank to you, worry. Thank you, Dave. You know. Okay. Let me just got? tell you why I picked the song. Because you, know, you could say that uh, the Trump trade in U.S. stocks is gone, gone, gone. And the reason you can, well, I, I ran across this uh, report from Tony Dwyer who's the chief market strategist over Kennecourt Genuity. And what he did was put together what he called pro-Trump and anti-Trump stock indexes and compared the two. In the pro-Trump category, 
financial companies, because let's face it, regulations were supposed to ease, industrial companies, you know, the whole buy uh, uh, American sort of theme, uh, you know, materials and energy, because commodity producers, you know, they'd get some regulatory changes in their favor. So that's the pro side. Put it all together with the indexes out of the S&P 500. And then the anti-Trump side, healthcare and technology. I mean, healthcare, you're looking at the changes to the Affordable Care Act and technology. You have the issues in terms of their ability to bring in skilled workers and more. And what happened was, you know, if you look at this ratio, you see that it really began to take off even before the election, um, in a month or so in advance. And then it peaked around a month after Election Day after a 16% gain. And basically since then, it's given it all back, pretty much. So that's why, you know, Dwyer figures that the, the Trump trade has kind of come and gone at this point. If it's, you look all at, it's all come back? It's all come back? Have, well, no, so it's, it's comparing two sectors, right? It's comparing the sectors that got hurt with Trump to the sectors that didn't? Is that the idea, basically? That's the idea. In other words, you know, because let's face it. I mean, you know, you saw a whole bunch of stocks jump in response to the election, people figuring their prospects would get better uh, under the current administration. And, you know, reality has set in to some extent. We, we've seen uh, a lot of those moves kind of, uh, you know, go by the wayside. Anyway, if you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart. The explanation that goes with it and everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Hey, let's bring in your well, I was going to say, I think, that, I, think this is, I, I, I love Dave's charts every day. I know. But this one's really important because this one's really interesting because we keep talking about the boost the market got from Trump, and this is saying it's gone. So I think it's, just worth, it's worth looking at this and worth looking at the methodology behind it. Well, when we're talking about fake news versus not fake news, the real news is that any of the optimism – over a Trump election has basically gone away. Yeah. Okay. Hey, let's bring in Yolanda Shalite of a senior U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence. Uh, back there with Dave in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York City. Just a reminder, Corey and I are at the interim headquarters for General Electric in Boston. They just broke ground on new headquarters this week. We'll, we'll hear about that in a little bit. Yelena. Hello. I, good morning. Good afternoon. Um, I was listening to Bloomberg this morning, and they were breaking down uh, some economic data and talking about some signs of inflation. Well, yes. So we uh, received the producer prices report this morning. It's a very volatile measure of uh, inflation at the wholesale level. So, But tomorrow we are going to get the CPI report. So that's going to be very interesting because uh, remember last time, a month ago, we um, received the CPI report, which was quite uh, an unusual uh, report in a sense that we saw a big decline in wireless uh, services producers' prices, mm-hmm. which was driven by uh, fierce competition between uh, different, you know, wireless uh, services providers. So we're gonna, uh, and that even led the Fed to uh, slightly change the language around inflation in their latest FOMC uh, statement. So. Uh, I think this is important to watch and uh, see whether this reverses in the report that we will uh, get tomorrow. Uh, today, something interesting was 
also um, evident in the in, in the jobless claims report. It's a weekly report. We look at it every week. Sometimes it's just uh, a little bit more of the same. But today I thought it was very interesting in a sense that the insured unemployment rate was unchanged at its historical low of 1.4% for the fourth time in a row. This uh, insured unemployment rate represents the number of continued claims uh, uh, as a percent of uh, covered employment overall in the uh, economy. And it correlates very well with the official U3 unemployment rate, suggesting that the unemployment rate is really low and it's not a bleep that we saw in the latest payrolls report. Um, yeah, it, it, it's important, too, I think, because the Fed's sort of saying, to, you know, ignore all the economic data of the last few months or few weeks. The stuff we're going to get going forward is going to matter more. Well, uh, they are talking about some residual seasonality, and we discussed it many, many times here as well. So uh, basically the Fed is looking for a rebound in the second quarter uh, in economic data, in activity data. This is something that uh, BI economics also expects. But in terms of the Trump trade and everything uh, surrounding the post-election, uh, you know, <clears throat> Developments, policy developments, we still see this in the survey data. It has not disappeared yet. And I think we're con- going to continue to see this in the survey data uh, this year. So builder sentiment will depend on certain policies. You know, consumer sentiment will depend on whether, you know, state and local uh, deduction will stay, things like that. So we, can- we will continue to see that in the uh, soft data at least. All right. I know uh, I'm looking forward to that retail sales number uh, tomorrow in terms of it, what kind of trends we're seeing uh, among consumer spending uh, in that regard. Dave Wilson, Stocks Editor, Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio, along with Yelena Shaletova, Senior U.S. Economist at Bloomberg Intelligence. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, Carol Master, along with Corey Johnson. We're going to check on your top business stories and today's trading session in just a moment. But first, let's get the latest in uh, world and national news headlines with Nathan Hager in our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. All right. Thanks, Corey. President Trump says he already planned to fire FBI Director James Comey even before he asked for Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein's recommendation. So why ask for it? He made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. President in a one-on-one interview with NBC News. Now, the White House has said Comey had lost not only the president's confidence, but that of the FBI rank and file. Is it accurate that the rank and file no longer supported Director Comey? No, sir, that is not accurate. That question to acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe came at a Senate intelligence hearing on worldwide threats. Now, the firing of Comey has Democrats and some Republicans calling for an independent prosecutor to investigate Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders says she welcomes all investigations coming to completion so that the White House can move on with its agenda. We also want it to be completed with integrity. And I think that was one of the other reasons, uh, frankly, that I think that the decision the president made was the right one, because I think it adds credibility and integrity back to the FBI, where a lot of people, frankly, were questioning. And one agenda item that just went through, the Senate has confirmed Robert Lighthizer to be U.S. Trade Representative. The Trump administration's complained about how long this is taken as it looks to begin renegotiating NAFTA. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.